this evening. Coming up tonight, Valerie and I will look ahead to the sporting year that is 2021 from a Cork perspective anyway and give our predictions for the year. We're also going to talk to Liam Kearney who was appointed the head of Cork City's Academy earlier on in the week. We'll talk to him about the, his plans for the year and replacing Colin Healy who of course is now the first team manager. Also on the show tonight going to wrap up all the day's action including a busy day in the FA Cup and we're going to talk to uh, Irish professional boxer Eric Donovan who has a big fight to come in 2021. That's all to come between now and 7 o'clock. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Alright, we're here until 7 o'clock. I've been off for the last three weeks, so I can't remember how to do anything, what buttons work where, what does what. So this is going to be an interesting hour of Radio Ahead, but glad you could join me on the Big Red Bench. If you want to get in touch with us on the show, you can text us or WhatsApp us 086-8104-106. You can tweet us as well. At Big Red Bench is the place to send your texts. Right, before we talk uh, to Valerie and talk about the year that is 2021, just getting up to date and everything that's been happening today and that includes uh, the FA Cup where the uh, biggest, uh, I suppose, David and Goliath story of the weekend is uh, Tottenham and non-league side Marine and it is Tottenham who lead by four goals still heading into the second half Vinicius has scored a hat-trick for Jose Mourinho's side Lucas Moura also finding the back of the net they are seven divisions apart and both sides uh, so it's the biggest mismatch basically in the competition's history so fantastic stuff uh, indeed for Marine but not going their way today as I suppose was to be expected elsewhere today League 2 Crawley causing a shock as they beat Leeds by 3 goals to nil Joe Rawson was there Crawley Town 3 Leeds United nil the League 2 side have pulled off a stunning FA Cup giant killing comfortably seeing off their Premier League opponents and the goal all came in the second half former Spurs youngster Nick Cerula with the first dribbling the ball 40 yards before finishing neatly into the bottom corner Ashley Nadison got the second though Leeds goalkeeper Kiko Casilla should have done better with the shot that was through him and he was beaten for a third time by Jordan Tunnicliffe as the ball fell to him in the penalty area. Towie's Mark Wright did get on to make his Crawley Town debut. Leeds go out of the FA Cup for the fourth year in a row at the third round stage Crawley are in dreamland Crawley Town 3 Leeds United nil. talk about rubbing salt into the wounds you're 3-0 up uh, against Leeds in the FA Cup and you bring on a 33 year old former reality star to shore up things in the last three minutes incredible stuff from Crawley time of fair play to Mark Wright uh, elsewhere today uh, Chelsea beat Morecambe 4-0 at Stamford Bridge thanks to goal to Mason Mount Timo Werner Callum Hudson-Odoi and Kai Havertz elsewhere Bristol City beat Portsmouth by two goals to one Cheltenham Town had a 2-1 win over Mansfield and Manchester City a 3-0 win over Birmingham to advance to the next round Bernardo Silva scoring twice Phil Foden also finding the net and City boss Pep Guardiola made five subs in the second half some players played minutes that deserves to play another one's just a few minutes half time because they play a lot of minutes in the last games and uh, yeah some young players uh, were involved in uh, our qualification for the next round Man City striker Sergio Aguero meanwhile is isolating after having contact with someone who's tested positive for coronavirus he missed today's win over Birmingham and in boss uh, Pep Guardiola isn't sure how long he'll be without him I don't know exactly because he has been tested 
like all of us six times in next last 10 days 15 days so is negative I think today is negative too Final tie tonight is at Newport County and Brighton Hove Albion going head to head today at Rodney Parade that's a 7.45 kickoff. Rangers meanwhile beating 10-man Aberdeen 2-1 away from home in the Scottish Premiership today Alfredo Morelos with both goals for Stephen Jarrett's side that means they are now 22 points clear at the top of the table at least until Celtic play tomorrow now Celtic have also confirmed that an unnamed player has tested positive for coronavirus the Scottish champions were due to play Hibs tomorrow night or are due to play Hibs I should say tomorrow night and they've just returned from a controversial mid-season trip to Dubai so it'll be interesting to see what happens there meanwhile Scottish Championship Club Dundee have condemned racist messages sent to Irish under 21 international Jonathan Afolabi the 20 year old striker is currently on loan at Dundee from Celtic he shared some of the racially abusive messages that were received on on Instagram after he scored a stoppage time equaliser during a 3-2 extra time Scottish Cup win last night Dundee say they've also reported the incident they'll look into what further steps can be taken the FBI have also released a statement on Twitter to say the FBI condemns the file racist comments directed online at Dundee and Republic of Ireland under 21 striker Jonathan Afflabby such behaviour cannot and will not be tolerated the FBI fully supports Jonathan and the stance taken by his club in golf, the Americans Harris English and Ryan Palmer shared the league going into the final round of the Tournament of Champions in Hawaii later on. They're both tied at 21 under par, while third place Colin Mariwaka is just one shot behind him. And in snooker, the mass has gone underway in Milton Keynes today. Karen Wilson beating Gary Wilson six frames to two in their opening match at the Marshall Arena. Joe Pair takes on Dave Gilbert at 7pm this evening. Right, 2021 shaping up to be a massive sporting year. Should COVID allow? And for more on it, we're joined by the Big Red Bench's own Valerie Wheeler. Valerie, how are you? Rory, it is great. It's great to be back sharing a show with you in the new year. We loved so much in the Christmas special. We just had to do it. Yeah, we were like, we got to present more shows together. And I was like, yes, Sunday show. Let's start talking nonsense on the air. And let's see how far we can push it and get away with it. It's going to be an interesting <laughs> 2021, I think. Um, we're here, to, I suppose, to, to look ahead to the year and maybe put down some predictions for our, our sporting predictions for 2021. As things stand, it's hard to make predictions because we don't know when things will be starting. Um, the COVID situation is abysmal in Ireland at the moment. There is light at the end of the tunnel with the vaccine. Uh, and fingers crossed we'll be back uh, with championship action as soon as we can. But I suppose it's kind of an interesting time, I guess. Yeah, it is a really interesting time, Rory. I think before Christmas, we were all so happy to have made it through the championship for all the teams in order to get through it safely and yeah. for for the organisations to be able to run them off safely was amazing. And for us now to hit, be hit with these crazy COVID numbers, I think it's kind of worrying for a lot of people. And us as much, as sports presenters and broadcasters, we'd only love to be at the games and love for the games to be happening. But of course, you have to safety and health into consideration. But those numbers are just so crazy mm-hmm. at the moment. I can't see how anything will be going ahead. But as you said, you need to remain positive. Yeah, it was interesting because before Christmas, and we had this discussion on our show last week, it almost felt like there was almost too much sport at one stage because they were wrapping <laughs> almost an entire year into the last three months of the year. Now we're at the start of the year and we're heading into a period of uncertainty. We don't know when anything is going to happen we don't know when is going to start um, it is I suppose quite uncertain times um, 
um, we saw France kind of locking down and there's big question marks over the, the Champions Cup games uh, coming up uh, that are due to happen in the next couple of weeks so it'll be very interesting to see what happens um, so yeah look the only thing we can do is stay positive and give our predictions for the year that is 2021 we're doing this on the basis that everything's going to go ahead as planned as organised as, as scheduled um, I suppose the, the main place to start is uh, from a Cork perspective I suppose the hurlers and the footballers and we start with the hurlers I guess um, who had a, an underwhelming year last year an underwhelming championship um, a lot of pressure on them coming into this year a number of retirements in the off season uh, you talked to Steve McDonald yesterday and yesterday's show if you want that it's on the, the Big Red Bench podcast from yesterday so what shape are Cork in heading into 2021? Um, I love when we do prediction shows like this because this is where our credibility goes out the window. <laughs> we have happy. no credibility. <laughs> We've had no credibility for a long time. It's grand. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, where are the Cork hurlers heading into this? I think they'll be under massive pressure this year. I really do think that Kieran Kingston and his backroom team and anyone that is involved is going to feel the pinch heading into this year's league championship. I think there has been, you know, changed over the last few weeks and there's been rumours of players leaving and players retiring. And I think that when you see long-term and experienced and, you know, high-profile players leaving a panel, it kind of wanders, lets you wonder where they're going to be in terms of when they do start to get in the pitch. But yeah, I think they'll be under a lot of pressure. Um, I hope for their sake that, you know, that, look, they're probably going to be in the same boat as everybody else, not being able to train, not being able to meet up. So, you know, you would like to think that they're all going to be starting at the same level, but other counties are much far ahead of them, unfortunately, Rory, after what we've seen last year. So I think for Cork, I think they probably could have done with the month of January to have put in this work and effort for a few weeks. But unfortunately, they just don't have that now. Yeah, thankfully, as you say, everyone, I suppose, is in the same boat. So I mean, like the delay is going to affect every county equally. But uh, on a bigger picture, I suppose, Limerick were the champions last year. They're the team speed again this year. Will anyone beat them? Will Galway be able to put up them? Will Kilkenny, Tipperary be able to put them up to them? That's the big question. Um, I often think that when it comes to league matches, I do think that the top level team does get a bit of a hop in the league, you know, because they probably do get some kind of a beating in the league and that's where they probably tend to grow a bit more. Mm. But I don't know, Limerick are just so good at the moment. Like people are, you know, uh, comparing them to the dubs at this stage in the football that they're going to be there and they're going to be there for quite some time. And I myself do think that they will. I think that they're extremely humble, extremely down to earth. There's none of them after losing the run of themselves over winning over the last three years. Um, there's none of them big headed either you know you mm. kind of see teams heading in and you're, you'd be worried for them that they'd lose the plot over winning but it just doesn't seem to be with that and with John Kiley keeping them grounded and of course they have a psychologist Caroline Curd with them and look she seems to be doing absolute wonders and she's some woman I'd love to chat to but she's very very hard to get she's very very I don't know does she want to be chatting to us she probably likes to stay out of the limelight a bit but I'd love to get into Caroline Curd's head and find out what is going on there and what is she doing with those players it's the belief I suppose she's given the players I suppose that's her job is to, to make every player believe that they are good enough and that they can go on and win All-Ireland Championships and obviously it worked it paid dividends last year yeah, I think that Caroline Curd has more All-Ireland medals than some players now and would like <laughs> being a psychologist that is some CV to have in your hands and yeah. 
look, it's great. And that's the belief she instills in them and they're able to go on and do that. And even having something as small as that logo on the back of their jersey last year that John Coyley wouldn't reveal to me at the end of the year what it meant. I was like, can you tell us what it means now? He was like, no, Valerie, we can't. I'd say fellas across the room have that tattooed on themselves at this point. No, that logo. It's, it's a really interesting story. I'd love to know what it means. And the fact that we're still talking about it now, like two weeks into 2021. It's amazing. And look, who knows? Maybe we'll find out in years to come, but I actually don't think we will. I think they're such a close-knit <laughs> side, you know, that Keen Lynch was standing to the side of John waiting for his interview to come up afterwards. And when I did ask the question, Keen burst out laughing because he knew himself, you know, that Haha, John won't tell her. You know, I just think <laughs> that he knew that everyone's mad to know. And I think that's why they want to keep themselves. Everyone wants to know, and it's something that they have for themselves. And we, we both go on Limerick so for the, the hurling this year. I'm going Limerick. I will. I'll tip Limerick for the All-Ireland Champions 2021. I, I don't think, I've no fear in saying that. Don't sound so happy about it. I know, but you're like, tis either laugh or cry now at this stage, Rory. But <laughs> well, let's hope Cork do give him some bit of a run. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, looking at the footballers then, the Cork footballers had one magic moment last year um, with that win over Kerry in the semi-final, followed by that disappointment over Tipperary. They have to put that to the back of their minds heading into 2021. They were building nicely, performed very, very well in the league. Everyone thought that game against Kerry was the, 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 the turning point. Yes, we're going to Mixed with the big boys, brought back down to earth against Tipperary. Ronan McCarthy giving another two-year term uh, in charge of the footballers over Christmas. And that's big from a continuity point of view. And I think um, just from talking to the Bears, they enjoy playing for him. Um, so again, like the hurlers, a lot of pressure on the footballers going into 2021. Yeah, I do think so. But I do have a lot more kind of a bit of... Um I don't know, a bit of positivity around the footballers than I would the hurlers, to be honest, Rory. Because mm-hmm. I do think that... Rowan and McCarthy staying on first of all is huge for them as you mentioned the continuity for them there and I think they do enjoy playing for him and he seems to get along with them really well there seems to be no you know messing about with him I think players know where they stand with Ronan as well yeah. I think that's really good when it comes to you being a player because you know okay I need to do this or I need to work that hard enough to get in the panel and there's other players that know that they're going to be getting their starting positions but I do think that you know I think that maybe that Tipperary game will just be such a kick to them that it was such a disappointment that they will be able to drive on. But I do feel a bit more positive about the footballers and I don't mm. know why, but I just feel like, you know, they probably would have a good, definitely a good Munster Championship this year. And who knows, they might be Munster Champions at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. well, fingers crossed. I think a Munster Championship would be a fantastic achievement. It almost felt like we won the Munster Championship by beating Kerry mm. last year. And then we all were, no, actually, no, there's a, a finals come against Tipperary. And I think probably more than a, a few people across Cork were looking past Tipperary. Um, but Tipperary were an excellent side and they'd fully deserved that win that day. But um, there's no point in predicting any other winner of the All Ireland Football Championship than Dublin next year. It's like you might as well just give them the cup now. Just give it to them. I know. Get it over and done with. And look, we'll all play for a, a runners up cup because, I mean, like that Dublin team is so good. They're so far ahead. They're so clinical. They're so professional. They're so efficient. And there is no way they aren't going to be All Ireland champions again in 2021. No, there isn't. And to be honest, as a player of another county, you'd probably be thinking, why would I bother this year? Why would I burst my absolute brains for the league and championship and probably to go up to Croke Park and All-Ireland final day and be hammered by the dubs yet again? I think that must be like, you'd want serious mental strength <laughs> from being a player from another county because 
at the end of the year, you know you've no chance of winning in All-Ireland. At least the hurling is so open, yeah. anything can happen, you know. And that's been great. And that's been so good over the last few years for everyone. And even the players themselves probably love that it's anyone's game. But now at the moment with the football, it's just the dubs. And I think it must be very hard to be another player knowing that you stand no chance of winning in All-Ireland middle as much as work and hard work you'll put in this year. I know it's it's hard for us to say that I suppose as uh, as Cork fans and I suppose every other fan around the country is in the same who aren't Dublin but what I suppose it's the lack of joy that Dublin seem to show from from winning all Ireland gets to me it's it's just it's become just another routine kind of event we saw the scenes in Croke Park when they 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 lifted the the the, the cup and everyone was just kind of just shrugging their shoulders oh, yeah on to the next one. I know, and that's, I think that's so disrespectful. Yeah. I don't know, you know, if I was, and I know that's probably, I don't think they mean to be disrespectful when it comes to doing that, yeah. but I think they're so used to it now that it's, oh, we have another All Ireland medal. Yeah. But it's it must just, be so frustrating. Yeah. I know, just compared like Dublin winning the, the All Ireland football title compared to these scenes when Tipperary won the Munster football title, that's, that's the, the difference, you know? Yeah, and I think that's what you love to see. I think everyone loves that, like, raw emotion when that final whistle goes and you see a team thing in All-Ireland. We saw from Kilkenny in the Camogie this year. I mean, the scenes was unbelievable. Yeah. Like, they'd actually give you a lump in your throat and make you well up, but unfortunately, <laughs> you'll never get that from watching the Dubs win. <laughs> no, no, we certainly won't. So you're going Dublin for the All-Ireland football title? Dublin for the football yeah. I am unfortunately Rory I'm going to go for Mayo no, I'm only joking Dublin 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 it's the biggest lock <laughs> of 2021 um, Cork ladies footballers coming very very close last year uh, against the Dubs just coming up short against an excellent Dublin team it has to be said they are fantastic uh, a big learning experience for Cork and they'll be back stronger this year but have they got what it takes to overthrow the Dubs and, uh, and, and win once more I do think I actually do think they do I really think that Cork if any team out there I do think that it's Cork that can stop the dubs and I would be really confident that this year they're going to be there again mm-hmm. I just think that last year they must have had an, like plenty of teams have awful days out and I just think that was Cork's and I unfortunately was an All-Ireland yeah. final day and they don't play like that ever you know they, they've never played that way and I think them themselves would be disappointed how they played because they didn't show up and it's such a good start and then for it just to fall away and I do think that if there's anyone that can stop that Dublin team I do think it's the Rebels Yeah and they're a very young side Eve Fitzgerald's an excellent coach and he mentioned that they're a young side they're still um, in transition they're, they're still learning they're still improving and he was happy enough with getting to the All-Ireland final disappointed obviously not to win but he knows there's a lot more to come from this Cork team and fingers crossed they hit the ground running it'll be their year Yeah no and I hope it will be their year and I know that they have it behind them they have that drive and they have motivation to get back up there again as you said such a young side plenty of amazing players there that you know deserve all stars and that deserve their all in the middle and I just think that I think that it, maybe the break might suit them now you know they've had a rough in the year last year and I think once they kind of regroup now when they're allowed to go back training I think that they'll feel better about themselves and go right we're going to have a good rap this year and I do think that they will it's going to go for Cork ladies to win the football this year nice that's what we like to hear that is what we like to hear Cork winning an All-Ireland title fingers crossed (laughs) Um, the Cork Camogie panel probably a little bit further away than the football panel uh, heading to 2021 a lot of work for them to do this year yeah I do think so and I think that you know with the likes 
to pod you there. Uh, who better than to get yeah. them back on track? And there's plenty of players there that you know. Well, they have the experience, they have the youth and they have the experience side of things now. And I do think that, you know, Cork will always be there, thereabouts in the Camogie. But I just think that between Galway and Kilkenny over the last year or two, I just think they've just maybe outplayed them a small bit. And unfortunately, I don't know, With after looking at this year's final and looking at, you know, the previous year as well, I just don't know if Cork have it enough mm-hmm. to match the likes of Galway and Kilkenny now it's you know Kilkenny were just so good last year Galway still are the animals that they you know that I was expecting Galway I, the, I'd i say maybe 10 minutes before the All-Ireland final I was like it's Galway's to win there's no way Kilkenny's winning I was on air to you I was like this is going to Galway and then look I got it handed to me above I was like oh my god and Kilkenny came out and played great but who knows what can happen with Camogie as well it's so like hurling that you know it's anybody's game and anything can happen and there's even if there's a, a, maybe 15 points between them and the board there's always a team that can come back so who knows it depends on who has the most drive and motivation and wants it the most Yeah so I suppose you're looking at Kenny and Galway again now fingers crossed Cork and put the cat amongst the pigeons and get to the All-Ireland final mm-hmm. at least but Kenny and Galway looked very very strong last year and probably going to be between the two of them again I, I guess yeah I do I honest to God think it will be there it will be them thereabouts and I do think the likes of Tipperary and Watford and Cork will be hot in their heels you know I, it's not that I'm giving Cork no chance either but I just think that the other two are just so far ahead of them at the moment that um, I do think it Cork could definitely reach a semi-final you know I don't I'm not writing them off either completely but I'd love to see them prove me wrong and I'd love for them to be in an All-Ireland this year and I would love every single one of them to laugh at me at the end of the year Fingers crossed and say you you, you, you counted us out you, you said we wouldn't <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, looking—I know it's all right, but fingers crossed anyway. But looking ahead uh, to the League of Ireland First Division because that's what we care about. We don't care about the Premier Division this year; it's non-existent, doesn't exist. Going away with you, First Division this year. Uh, massive, massive year for Cork City. It's a massive, massive year for Cove Ramblers. However, it's going to be a nightmare for Division to get out of because everyone is so strong this year. Yeah, and I don't know. This is your baby, Rory. I think that you of all people, you know, know the hurt and pain that you've gone through over the last year when it comes to Cork City. So for you, what do you think that Cork need to do this year to maybe get back out of it or to even try, you know, give belief to their fans, give belief to the people of Cork that, you know, I think that's what they really need to do at the moment. It's an incredibly hard division to get out of. You look at Cove Ramblers over the last couple of years, they've been knocking on the door um, and it's just an incredibly tough division to get out of because over the last couple of years, um, teams have been just... Excellent, basically. And Cove Ramblers have been close. They've been very, very close. Um, they've been doing very, very well under Stuart Ashton. They'll have aspirations to go up this year as well. Um, he's kept most of his squad from last year, added a couple of players. It looks like it's going to be very, very exciting for Cork City. Um, Colin Healy getting the job full-time, I think, is um, fantastic. It's the, the right choice. Um, he's been working hard at assembling his squad over the last uh, couple of weeks or since he was announced as full-time manager. Um, mostly setting up a lot of the, the younger players from last year um, that he had under him. And I suppose the big thing with Cork City is it's an uncertain time with the takeover as regards with Grovemore. Um, they've helped this year financially to make sure that Cork City could uh, move forward and they were able to um, bring in Colin Healy signing Gerald Marcy is huge. He's one of the best midfielders in the country in the Premier Division or the First Division. So his signing was absolutely massive. Um, 
but as I say look you've got Galway United there um, with John Caulfield um, who came very very close to getting Galway promoted last year out of nowhere um, they're going to be very very competitive Shelburne obviously going to be very very strong they're going to be incredibly competitive Athlone Town spending a lot of money they're going to be competitive Bray Wanderers uh, are going to be competitive so I mean like for Cork City you do, it's probably a season of consolidation and trying to to get things back on track because getting relegated last year was tough uh, it was a tough season um, and now getting back up to the Premier Division is going to be quite difficult so it might take a couple of years I don't think any Cork City fan is going to say yeah we're definitely going to go up this year when you look at the strength and the experience that other teams have so it's a case of consolidation getting um, players playing football uh, in an attractive manner which in fairness Colin Healy had tried to implement they worked very very hard under Colin last year in his time in charge following the departure of Neil Fenn I can't imagine that's going to be any different this year because if Colin Healy's in charge mm. you are going to work 110% and uh, he is going to demand that and that's to be expected from Colin Healy so he's going to get to Cork City playing a bit of football he's going to have them working hard as I said, it is in a very hard uh, division to come out of. Um, so we still don't know when this season is going to start at this point. It was supposed to start in the February. It's going to get pushed back to the end of March by the looks of things. And as again, that's where the, I suppose, the, um, the not the worry, but I suppose the, uh, the, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> the stress of them trying to get out of there <laughs> the unpredictability of when everything is going to start that's the word I'm trying to look for you can tell us my first show back after Christmas after three weeks can't you uh, but um, I was yeah. like I don't know what he's trying to say either <laughs> neither did I but I made a career out of that but yeah. um, it's going to be look it's going to be a very very hard season but look hopefully Cork City fans will have something to shout about hopefully Cove Ramblers fans will have something to shout about and if Cork City and Cove Ramblers got to the playoffs and maybe even if Ramblers could go up and if Cork City could go up it'd be absolutely fantastic fingers crossed but look it's going to be a very very hard year I think yeah and let's hope that they're somewhat competitive Rory that's all we ask you know I don't think we want them to be being hammered below <laughs> the division that they've just been uh, relegated yeah, to think, so yeah. fingers crossed for, for my sake listening to you as well <laughs> <laughs> and fingers crossed for the fans back in the grounds as well I mean like again all dependent on Covid and vaccine rollout and all that but Watching Cork City and Cork Ramblers last year without fans wasn't the same thing and watching Cork games and watching the Cork Country uh, Championships without fans wasn't the same thing um, without fans. It's such a huge part of all the sporting events that we cover and all the sporting events that we attend as both reporters and as fans. So fingers crossed we can get fans back into the grounds this year. That's going to be massive and fingers crossed we'll see see success for all the Cork sides this year with fans in attendance. That's my only hope, fans back in the ground this year. Yeah, I, I'd like to have your positivity when it comes to having fans back in the stand <laughs> this year, but I just can't. I just can't see it, Rory. I can't yeah. see it happening. And I'd love you more than like you and me. I'd love for it because, you know, it's not the same at all. And players feed off them. We feed off them when we're doing reports on air. You know, I think that it's <laughs> it's very different, very much missed. And I think that they're missed it too but as long as that we're able to you know bring it through them for through radio and TV I think they'd be happier to have them than have nothing at all yeah. so fingers crossed let's get that vaccine hook it to our veins and get us back into stadium <laughs> straight into me alright Valerie thanks very much for joining me on our show <laughs> this evening it's uh, been a pleasure again presenting a show with you we have to do this a bit more often actually it's a lot of fun uh, but thanks very much Thanks, Rory. We're getting away with it anyway. <laughs> right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to uh, Cork City's uh, new head of academy, Liam Kearney. 
Here with you on the Big Red Bench until 7pm this evening. Thank you very much indeed for tuning our way on this Sunday evening. Get you up to date on the FA Cup Tottenham now 5-0 up away to uh, Marine Alfie Devine with Spurs 5th on the hour mark. 73 minutes gone on the clock there and a uh, big massive David and Glyde story that one a uh, huge uh, gap between them one of the biggest mismatches in the competition's history seven divisions separating both sides uh, so real David and Goliath stuff but uh, Marine certainly not going to pull off a shock today well you never know no, there's not enough magic in the cup for that to happen today. And uh, Newport County and Brighton and Hove Albion is today kick off 7.45, the start time for that one. Now, earlier this week, it was announced that former Cork City winger Liam Carney was to become the head of the club's academy, replacing Colin Healy, who, of course, is now first team manager. I spoke to Liam earlier on about the role and his plans for the year ahead. I'm good, Rory. Nice to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Thank you, sir, and thank you for coming on. It's been a while. Um, tell us how this uh, gig came about. Um, I suppose um, Colin basically had been in touch with me, um, you know, to see if I was available. Obviously, I had been up with um, John at Galway, um, so he was just kind of seeing would, would it be something of interest to me. And uh, I suppose I kind of just said to him, I'd love the opportunity if it was available. And uh, as time went on, then obviously it became available with him taking the first team job. So I was delighted to, to, to come in. Yeah, big shoes to step into replacing Colin, I suppose. Yeah, listen, um, Colin, the work he's done there, obviously I've been involved because I was coaching the 17s for two years as well, so I would always work closely with him that way, and obviously being in with the first team with John, we would have always been in close contact in regards to what the young players coming through, how they were doing and stuff like that as well, so it just it's a good fit, obviously, if I can continue the work that Colin's been doing and, you know, add to that, then that would be great, you know. And was it a hard decision, I suppose, to leave John and Gall because it seemed like yeah, something special was happening up there? Yeah, look, I mean, I've always enjoyed my time working with John and um, we've had good success as well. So obviously having having done so well to get into the playoffs last year, it was a big decision for me to probably um, step away from it. But I suppose when, when Cork City comes calling to you, it's, it's always very hard for me anyway not to, not to think about it. And um, obviously, as I said, I, I was just delighted to take the chance to come in. And, and look, I suppose I love working with young players, love working with coaches and, and, and you know, just trying to get the best out of the players and, and develop them. So it was a no-brainer for me, really. And just on Galway last year, I mean, like, what was it that kind of was so special about you and John and what happened up there because you came very, very close to, to reaching the playoffs? I suppose... Well, we went in, we, we were kind of surprised ourselves having watched them in training and stuff that, you know, they were so far off it in terms of points. They had drawn a lot of games and I think, you know, when you go in and you win your first game and, and it probably gave them a sense of belief and it kind of just rolled on from there really and, and I suppose they developed um, and, and just played a lot better as the season went on really. But look, it was disappointing to miss out in the end but at the same time, I, I think it was uh, a successful period of them. Yeah, it certainly was. Now, just looking at the academy job, I mean, like, obviously, um, young Cork players coming through to play first team is what Cork City's all about. And obviously, that'll be your, I suppose, MO is to, to bring more players through to the first team. Yes, I suppose that's that's the role. You know, it's it's about developing players. And, you know, we've had 13s, now it's 14s going into this year, but 14s, 15s, 17s, 19s. So it's it's the pathway, really. And, you know, it's important that you have the right people in place that are, are developing them from the early ages up to the up to the 19s all the way through. And 
I suppose um, that's that's the role. That's that's what we're trying to do. And like, not all players are going to probably go into the first team. But it's it, your your job is that you you develop the person as well as the player in every way. You know, it's been such a difficult time. I suppose when you look at it at the moment for young people, um, and football is such a big outlet. And you know it's been kind of taken away from him for a long time. So I suppose we just want to get players back on the training pitch, back enjoying football. Just you know, once that comes around, I'm sure we can kick on from there. Then. And I, I remember Tons calling about this, and one thing he was always very determined about was getting the ethos of the club across from a very very early age. Absolutely. Look, I suppose that's the standards Colin has set here already with the academy and no doubt he'll be taking that into the first team as well. So I, I, I know what he's about. I know I know what's the what's demanded for this job. You mean you, you really do have to go above and beyond in terms of what you do. But the, the satisfaction then is to seeing the players coming through. You mean you look now at the first team, you've, you've a lot of young lads that have come through in the last couple of years and maybe the first team probably would struggle to be where they are even now if, if they didn't have that so it's a huge role in terms of how important it is for the club on a whole and I suppose for me I, I kind of I've seen it I've, I've been experienced it from being in the first team and being underage so it's probably the natural progression for myself to be in, in this role now you know So what's the day today then is it like scouting players and talking to parents that kind of thing? Yeah, I suppose it's, at the moment it's really just kind of getting everything in my house in order in terms of planning for the season ahead in terms of coaches and, you know, having everything in place in terms of training facilities and um, making sure that we're, we're, we're a step ahead really so that we can hit the ground running without any major problems and, and probably from my point of view being able to help in any way I can with the coaches because the work they, they put in is, is, is crazy, you know, in terms of, you know, being there three nights a week and, and you know, the commitment levels that they put in is huge so I mean for my role I'm, I'm probably looking at it that I really want to be able to provide what I can obviously within the, the budgets that we have of, of giving them what they want to be able to work with the players and I suppose um, it must be hard to plan I suppose given the whole situation with Covid and nobody knows what's going to happen down the line I guess yeah, and that's the thing. But look, I, I suppose there is hope now with the vaccines coming in, and I think you know there is hope that we can we can get a rough guide of when we think we'll be back, so that you can kind of plan off of that. Obviously, everything's susceptible to change, but you know I think if we have a fair idea, I think people then can say right, that's coming around the corner. This is the plan. If it has to change, then it might be just a week or two later, or if if that's the case. But um. I suppose when people know, and obviously the parents, you know, there's a lot of people want to know when this is going to happen mm-hmm. and, and how it's going to happen. So the sooner we can get our, our eggs in a row that we know what we're doing, um, I think everyone will feel a little bit more relaxed about it. Yeah, and just looking at the players that Colin has signed for the first team for the upcoming First Division campaign, a lot of them have come through the academy and that's a very attractive carrot, I suppose, for players coming to play for the Cork City Academy is that if you put in the hard work, you'll be playing senior football down the line. Yeah, that's a huge thing now. I suppose there's been years where obviously the first team has been hugely successful and, and winning leagues and stuff like that. And I suppose you look at it now and, and we're in the first division, you know, um, there is budget constraints, I'd imagine. And, you know, it's a huge opportunity for players to come in. And I suppose you look at Colin, Colin's fantastic coach. He's a manager now as well. So, like, you know, for players to, to learn under himself, to come through the academy and to develop, a lot of them have, have worked under Colin before. Um, it's a huge opportunity for them to, to be with someone that's really going to improve their game all round in, in terms of the football side of things but also 
his knowledge and his experience of, of what it takes you know mentally as well mm. When you look at the first division this year you've got experience of it last year with Galway United you know how hard a division it is um, to play and to get out of I mean like it's going to be a big uh, big task for all the teams because it's looking like it's going to be a very very competitive first division this year Absolutely I suppose again it's it's an exciting first division going into look if you look at the teams that are there now and you know it is it is a tough league as I said with, with Galway we found that you know that no easy game like you, you could not take anyone for granted I mean at low and bottom of the league in the first division but yet you know did so well in the FAI Cup and you know it was unpredictable and I suppose knowing Colin and, and knowing how he works you know he just prepare right for everyone and you know I think hopefully we'll be we'll be competitive and will you be coaching any of the teams this year, Colin, or Liam? Is it, or is it just kind of just assisting Colin, I suppose, in getting players to come through? I suppose at the moment I'm assessing that point of view, but I see probably my role as, as kind of um, overseeing the situation in terms of the coaches and stuff. But again, at the moment, I'm just trying to get all that in order. Excellent, Liam. Come here. Very best of luck with it, buddy, and I will look forward to, to watching your progress over the course of the year. Thanks, Rory. Sound out. Cheers. Yeah, always great to chat to Liam Kearney. Very, very best of luck to him in his new role as head of Cork City's Academy. And uh, fingers crossed we'll get uh, back uh, reporting on First Division games uh, by March anyway. So it remains to be seen what happens there. But uh, great to chat to Liam and uh, a big, big job ahead of him. Uh, especially replacing Colin Healy, but no better man for the job. Right, in the FA Cup, it's still Tottenham leading uh, Marine by five goals in the late two minutes on the clock. There, Newport County and Brighton is a 7.45 kickoff. Uh, this evening Shane Pennington's at Rodney Parade when you're struggling at the bottom of the Premier League table and winless since mid-November the last thing you need is an away tie in the FA Cup to lower league opponents and the chance of a huge upset but that's exactly what Graham Potter and his Brighton side have been handed as they face a Newport side full of confidence and second in League 2 Michael Flynn's men are no strangers to an FA Cup giant killing with Middlesbrough, Leeds and Leicester all beaten here in recent years and the hosts will be hoping they can take another top flight scalp here tonight at Rodney Parade it's Newport County against Brighton yeah 7.45 kick off for that one alright in boxing Irish professional Eric Donovan a man I'm a huge fan of I have to say is that a great start to 2021 the news he's going to fight for European uh, Union title that's uh, going to be happening in the next couple of months the Kildare man was speaking to Mary Maguire this week as he was unveiled as the new health and well-being ambassador for Bearing Point so we are delighted to be joined today by reigning Irish featherweight professional boxing champion, former five-time Irish amateur boxing champion and double European bronze medalist, Eric Donovan, who was announced yesterday as Bearing Point's new health and well-being brand ambassador. Bearing Point, of course, is really proud to support Eric in his career as a professional boxer and is delighted to benefit from his knowledge and support in the areas of fitness, health and well-being in this new role. So Eric, Thanks a million for coming along today and talk us through what this new role is for you. Yeah, first of all, thanks very much for having me. Um, well, the role is health and wellbeing brand ambassador. So Bear Point uh, being a, a huge company, a global company, but they have a base here in Ireland with up, up to 300 uh, employees. And, um, you know, most they're, they're facing difficulties like most, of, like most companies at the moment with all our staff having to work from home and isolated working conditions, um, you know, and I was just talking earlier to uh, another journalist about um, about the conditions for some people. Some people have the luxury of having a backyard or a garden, and some people are in apartment blocks or whatever, and, you know, bear in point, they care very, um, they care very sincerely about well-being and, and, and health, and they want to try and promote that, um, and, 
give their employees options and choices, healthy options and choices while working from home. And last year, I engaged with um, with Bearing Point and done some online fitness workouts with them. So that was the kind of initial link at the, at the first lockdown in 2020. That was the initial link between myself and Bearing Point. And it went so well. The employees, they really enjoyed the workouts. And um, we invited their European colleagues into the classes as well. And we, we established a very good virtual um, workout and it, it became a, a part of our weekly schedule and um, the feedback was very positive and Bearing Point realised then that this was a very good thing and they also became aware of the, the, the role that I was playing in my home community and in society. I do a lot of school speaking and um, mental health workshops, seminars and you know I try and promote um, health and well-being. Basically I'm a mental health advocate and um, so they wanted to work a little bit close, more closely with me and to tap into that. And um, so they offered me the position of becoming health and wellbeing brand ambassador. And it was one that I was absolutely delighted to take. Well, it's quite a timely one, Eric, as well, because obviously for the almost the last year now, we've all been trying to cope with, as you said, the, the challenges that COVID-19 has presented but on top of that, we are here now in January, which is often a difficult time for people, particularly in terms of mental health. It's on the kind of anticlimax after Christmas and after the holiday season, which can also be an extremely tough time for people. How have you been coping, um, I suppose, with everything that's been going on in the last 10 months or so? And what tips could you give to people maybe who are listening in today uh, about what they could be doing maybe to help improve their own mental health and well-being? Yeah, you're, you're right. You know, January is, you know, we talk about the January blues and how difficult that can be. It's a bit of a come down for a lot of people. And, uh, but, to, you know, to, to the January blues in the current climate are amplified because of the COVID-19 and the restrictions and the cases and everything are just a bit out of control. So that's obviously going to create a lot of anxiety, a lot of, um, I suppose, apprehension for people and, and uncertainty. Um, but it's important for us to kind of focus on the things that we can control. The virus is, is completely out of our control. Um, we, we, we have the only thing that we could do is to try and follow the government guidelines to the best of our ability. But in terms of self-care for yourself, you have to take full uh, responsibility for yourself. Be I suppose, be honest with yourself. No, Try and have this, I, I do often try and check in with myself. I would check in. So it's almost like there's a very big difference between being alone and lonely. And I have to know that when I, I need alone space, I need space to be alone, but I also need to know when I'm lonely, especially for isolated workers who are working from home and are in rural areas. Or Really what, it, what it's all about is just about connecting, about connecting with each other, you know, being, you know, being connected but also being connected to yourself, connected to yourself in so much so that you know what's going on for you at any different time, like emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, you know, and, and knowing how to address something if you're struggling in a, in a, in a certain area. Yeah, indeed. Well, 2020 has certainly been a bit of a roller coaster for you, both personally and professionally. But it ended on a very high note, Eric. You know, on the last day of 2020, you were announced as the mandatory challenger for the for the super featherweight European title. How was that? That must have been an incredible way to finish out the year. 
Always brilliant. Honestly, um, you know, at the start of my boxing career, I, I, I said a dream for me would be like my Everest, you know, would be like um, a European title shot because I turned professional very late in life and I had an almost like a, an unfinished business uh, kind of an attitude, unanswered questions of myself. And I wanted to try and rectify a few mistakes of the past and and kind of make amends for the, the regrets that I had. And, uh, and I, and you know what, a bit, I went on this journey back in 2016 and here I am. I'm one step away from actually making that, that dream become a reality. So it is an amazing um, position to be in, albeit at a very difficult time in, 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 in our, in geographically, economically. Um, so I don't know when the fight's going to be announced or where it's going to take place, but it's pro- it is nice and it's promising to know that my next fight is going to be for that for that famous blue strap. And speaking of fights and 2020 as well, just another look back. How was that experience for you with Eddie and everything last year? Like that must have been an incredible opportunity for you. It was, you know, it's every it's every boxer's dream to to, to fight on the, on the highest on the biggest platforms, and Sky Sports certainly are the biggest platform out there. And you know, again, it's another bittersweet kind of an experience for me because I lost the fight, I got knocked out. Nobody ever wants to get knocked out, but up until I was got knocked out, I was winning the fight, so I proved that I was doing really well. But it's one of those things. I got a lot of praise for being for losing basically and uh, it's very rare that someone's stock would rise up when they get you know in, in defeat but lucky enough for me in my case it has and it's just given me another chance and another opportunity um, to have a second bite at the cherry um, so I'm very pleased very pleased for that Yeah well those two opportunities I suppose if, if you take them together what, what could you say you've learned from that fight, you know, the knockout, as you said? Is there areas of your own performance, your own boxing, your your craft that you are now going to be working on for whenever this, this challenger fight comes up? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think it's, you know, for sports people, for businesses, for, for everybody, we have to um, always be open to continuous learning, continuous development and um always trying to evolve and get better. Like my motto is always strive to be better in every department of your life. And uh, there's a couple of areas that we needed to address. Um, we needed to bring in a bit more experience in the corner from a coaching perspective. So I brought in a new head coach and Packy Collins. So Packy Collins is teaming up with Kennedy Egan now. So that's a great mixture there. Uh, Kennedy Egan, Olympic silver medalist, Packy Collins, over 20 years professional boxing experience. The last man to train uh, the last coach to train a fighter who beat Mike Tyson. Um, he he coached Kevin McBride that time. McBride beat Tyson, and uh, and then on, on terms of a strength and physical uh, strength and conditioning, uh, I brought in the new strength and conditioning coach Seamus Power, and he's he's uh, putting muscle on the muscle, so to speak. Uh, so uh, working away with him closely, and um, and I noticed that that's you know that's a part of my game that's improving as well. So I'm excited about the future, but I'm like. You know, I'm 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 more even more pumped now to have a huge company like Baron Point in my corner. You know what they'll add to my to my corner to my team in terms of like their professionalism, their contacts, their network, their their support, and um, 
you know, they're just a real force in the world of business and consult, uh, uh, consultation and technology, finance, everything. They're big business leaders. They're a global leader. And, uh, you know, they're very passionate about what they do. They see that they know that I'm very passionate about what I do. And, you know, we share the same values and principles and coming together, we make a great team. And hopefully we'll bring some more exciting nights and entertaining nights back to Irish sport. Yeah, so as you say, bearing point to obviously see how what an inspiration you are. You have been in your community and you will be undoubtedly to all of the bearing point staff going forward in 2021. The final thing I have for you as we're talking about you being an inspiration, if we were to get to this time next year, what is the ultimate dream for these next 12 months? Like, What could you say if I spoke to you on the 8th of January 2022, what would be the place where you'd be, I have no regrets? Okay, uh, yeah, um, professionally, to be European champion, that would be, as I said, my absolute Everest. It would be uh, a sign that, you know, no matter how far down the scale we fall, no matter how how kind of um, difficult life gets or how tough life gets, no matter how deep of a hole we are in, we can get out of it, we can turn our lives around and we can be a success. In, no matter, in, 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 all, in all areas. So that's why I want to become a European champion uh, to not only prove to myself, but to also prove it to anybody else out there who's struggling with adversity or mental health or in any way, shape or form, any sort of adversity in their life. Uh, personally, I want to be married man. Uh, so we, post- we were supposed to get married last July. It's postponed from last July to April 2021 and it looks like we're going to have to postpone it again so it's one of those things um, our wedding date is becoming a little probably a bit more elusive than I am in the ring these days we just can't seem to nail it down but um, but no it's I think we're going to get there at some point so hopefully in 12 months uh, Mary I am the European champion and a married man Well, you can't ask for more than that, Eric. Thanks so much. (laughs) Thank you. It's a pleasure, as always. Yeah, fantastic to hear from uh, Eric Donovan and big plans for 2021 and heard him talking there uh, about his plans and very best of luck to him as he tries to get married this year as well. But uh, heard him talk about that fight with Zalfa Barrett uh, back in August, uh, that cracking fight for the uh, Intercontinental Junior Lightweight title. A thrilling bout, as Eric said. He was ahead in the fight. Um, it was a close battle I was on the edge of my seat watching it as I imagine everyone in Ireland was uh, just coming up short getting stopped in the 8th round but what a fight that was he earned so many fans that night and um, from not only just Ireland from across uh, Europe as well across the world for his uh, very brave performance very strong go forward performance uh, really testing his alpha bar so really looking forward uh, to seeing Eric uh, back in action again very very soon and hopefully big things to come uh, for the Kildare man all over in the FA Cup Tottenham have beaten Marine by five goals to Vinicius with a hat-trick for Jose Mourinho's side in the first half Lucas Moura also finding the net before the break as well and 16-year-old uh, Alfie Devine also scoring uh, for the visitors on his debut so a fantastic uh, day for Spurs not so much for Marine but it was always going to be a David and Goliath story uh, the non-league side but I can imagine a fantastic occasion for them and for their supporters just a shame that no supporters were allowed into the ground but 
uh, a 5-0 win for Spurs today on Merseyside elsewhere today League 2 side Crawley Town providing the shock of the afternoon as they come to beat Leeds United by 3 goals to nil and Chelsea 4-0 winners at Stamford Bridge and as I mentioned the uh, 7.45 kick off this evening Newport County uh, versus uh, Brighton and Hove Albion Finally this evening I just wanted to take a little time to pay tribute to a great great man my grandfather Owen McCarthy passed away this week at the grand old age of 95 he had a massive influence on me and was one of the most important people in my life it's fairly safe to say now the reason I bring this up in a sports show is because back in his day Grando was one of the top football referees in the country he refereed countless League of Ireland matches along with European Cup matches and international matches the highlight of Grando's career was when he refereed the 1968 FAI Cup final in Park in front of a crowd of just under 40,000 people he ran the line for several times before that but this was the first time he was the man in the middle he oversaw a comfortable win for Shamrock Rovers over Waterford as Mick Leach helped Rovers make it a five in a row of cup wins out to the outside left it's Mick Lawler there he middles it Leach running for it Leach is in the box and he shoots and he scored Leach has scored for Rovers 18 and a half minutes gone in the first half and look at the crowd the jubilant Rovers supporters swarming out of the pitch former Cork City manager Damien Richardson was on the Rovers side that year and I remember asking him if he gave my granda any abuse on the day we won 3-0 so I didn't have to was Rico's reply in 2016 after Cork City won the cup the club graciously let me have it for an hour or two so I could bring it out so the delight in his face as he held it in his hands will stick with me for the rest of my life an incredible moment after his refereeing career came to an end Granda became a referee's assessor and also helped to bring through the next generation of refereeing talent in Cork my granda took me under his wing from a very early age, instilling in me my love for sport and along with my late uncle Don would take me to Cork City matches and Cork matches and St Finbar's matches, pushing me in front of him at the turnstiles in Porky Cueve so he didn't have to pay to get me in. While I was a huge Manchester United fan as a kid, he always encouraged me to support my local team first and he'd bring me out to Bishopstown to watch Cork City games. Slavia Prague in European competition was one of the memories I have and then obviously the cross. We attended countless games together. One of my favourite games we saw together was the 2008 Satanta Sports Cup final. Cork City beat Glentorne 2-1 at the cross coming from behind to win. As the St Anne's end was being redeveloped, it meant that capacity was just 5,500 and tickets were a hot commodity I secured tickets for Grand and me but somehow I ended up with a third on the day I can't remember how now we'd parked the car and we were strolling down to the cross and I mentioned I'd a spare we'll call into my brother Bobby and see if he wants to come with us Bobby lived close to the cross so we were like two school children knocking on the door asking Bobby's wife Peg could Bobby come out to play Bobby was only delighted and the three of us nearly skipped down the road to the game now we arrived late to the game so seats together were pretty much non-existent luckily one of the security lads spotted me shouted Roar are you stuck? and gave us seats right behind the city dugout Granda and Uncle Bobby were delighted City won 2 once lift the cup but that game has always stuck with me as being extra special for being able to share it with the two of them you can see us celebrating together on the highlights video on YouTube when the final whistle goes There is time for no more and Cork City have exercised the ghost of 2006 they are the 2008 Satanta Sports Cup champions. It was Granda's family, though, that was his pride and joy. He had eight children with his one and only Patty, as he'd say, along with 12 grandchildren and 11 great-grandchildren who he absolutely adored. It's safe to say, without my Granda, I would not have the love for sport that I do, and I certainly wouldn't be doing what I do now. I owe it all pretty much to him. 
I'll do a proper tribute to him someday. This is just some random thoughts scribbled down and recorded quickly for the show. Uh, but just before I hit record, I found this on my phone. The great man himself talking about his great passion, refereeing. I loved refereeing, though. The first day, I loved it. And the secretary of the AOL, Ross Dillardan, says to me, he was, at, he was at my first match. I said, he was... He was the sector board to the team I played with, right? Yeah. Before he began second day, when he said to me, you'll make it all, he said. <laughs> I had the clue what he, what he was talking about. He was right? Uh, he was right? He was. What was the first match you refereed, do you remember? It was a, a match stolen in Church Road. It was to decide. I was of the Royal League on the season before. Yeah. That was the first match I refereed. And Sarge Mercy said, You'll make it all right, you know what he meant. And make it he did. What a man. My granddad is my hero and he always will be. Rest in peace, buddy. Alright, that's it from us for the Big Red Bench uh, this evening. Thanks very much indeed for tuning our way and thanks for, for listening in. Our podcast will be online shortly. You can get that on redfm.ie, redextra.ie or from wherever you get your podcast from. Be sure and follow us on social media at Big Red Bench on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We're back next Saturday from 6pm. Still to come on Cork's Red FM tonight. Alan Donovan's up next. Three hours of the best Irish music coming your way uh, with Green on Red. So basically folks, enjoy the rest of your Sunday evening for those of you going back to work tomorrow for the first time since uh, Christmas hope the uh, Sunday night fear isn't too bad that or Glen Rose syndrome but we'll talk to you again next weekend uh, Saturday and Sunday from 6 on the Big Red Bench enjoy the rest of your evening The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM Every little helps When it comes to truly awesome entertainment we're not playing around now, when you switch to Virgin Media, you can pick up Superfast Broadband and TV 360 for just €55 Euro a month for an incredible 12 months and €92 Euro a month after that. The sale that keeps on giving. Now on. Bring on amazing.